0: Let's pray together, Lord, as we look into your word today, we ask that you would again speak to us, Spirit of God, reveal your truth through your word, open our hearts and our minds to receive from you, for we ask this in the name of Christ, amen. Let me ask you a question, how much would you pay for this rocking chair? Nice-looking rocking chair, kind of plain brown rocking chair. How much do you think it's worth? What would you pay for it? Hmm? Depends what the wood is. Depends who owned it. Depends on the quality. My goodness, you guys! I hope you never go to an auction. How much? One fifty. What? One pound fifty or? 150. A thousand. Couple of thousand. Is it new? No, it's used. Depends how comfortable it is. How old is it? It's quite old, actually. Sorry? How good are the joints? In the wood or in us? (laughs) In the wood. I think it's pretty sturdy. Sold at auction last year, $90,000. Somebody's rear end, who was rather special, used to sit in it. Do you know who? John F. Kennedy. He had a bad back, apparently, and that was his rocking chair. $90,000 somebody paid for that. So $150 would have been a snip. Apparently, you can buy this uh, breakfast. Doesn't look much like breakfast to me, but that is breakfast in a restaurant somewhere or the other. Do you know how much it costs? It's got caviar on the top and it's got two antennae that picks up local radio stations. I don't know what that bit is, but. Do you know how much it costs? 500? Huh? Five fifty pounds for caviar. I don't know where you get your caviar, but I'd like to know. I think there's salmon in it, yes. And caviar and I'm not sure my stomach could take that for breakfast. Apparently it sells for a thousand pounds. So one bite and it's gone. Thousand pounds. What about this? Now there's there's a beautiful piece of jewelry. They're real, by the way. They're not fake. Real diamonds. Necklace. How much? One hundred and fifty thousand. Maybe more. How much do you think? Three hundred thousand. You can buy this for three point two million. Do you want to see the owner? There's the owner. It is the best dog collar I've ever seen. 3.2 million pounds for this, whatever the name of the dog is. I'm not sure you'd want to take your dog for a walk, would you really? we in that. Ridiculous, huh? Now, why, why, though, why would people spend that kind of money... More money than cents. Exactly right. as symbols, goodness knows. But let me ask you one more question. How much do you think you're worth? Priceless. You say that? We're going to look at that today in our reading from the book of Ephesians. How much are we really worth? Ephesians 4.16 says this, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. It's in a passage from Ephesians talking about the unity of the body and about what we do as the body of Christ and how we live as children of God and he says this, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. First thing I want to say to you is this, from him. Our value is determined by God. Now society will tell you otherwise, Society tells us that our value is determined by other things. Sometimes it's by having more money than brains. That your value is determined by the fact that you can spend 3.2 million on your pooch to make them look slightly nicer. Or your value is determined by the job that you do. How many people found it difficult to retire? Why? Because so often, particularly for men, your value is held up in in what you do. And what you do is who you are. When somebody says, they don't come up and say, you know, what's your name? What do you do? Why? Because that's where we put value in people. And if you say, well, I go around and I clean toilets, or I am a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, what goes on in your mind? You pigeonhole people. And you say, why? Because their value is determined by what you think they're like, by what they do. Particularly for men, also for women as well. These days probably more so. But, and it's, it's almost like today it seems to be that if, if you're a homemaker, it's almost looked down upon as though you don't have the same worth as if you're out working. Because you're staying at home, bringing up a family. And what worth is that to people around us? But I want to say to you today that your value is not determined by those things. Some people determine value by status. We race around trying to do so many different things. Why? Because people will think that we're important or we get a sense of pride about how essential we are in organizations. They can't do without me. When in truth, when somebody leaves, other people just fill the roles. Why? Because we say that we're priceless. We say that our value is in God. But in reality, how true is that? When we're really honest. How much do we crave the attention of others? Other people saying that, choir, you did a great job today. What does that do to our value, our self-esteem? Or choir... Ooh, you were singing out of tune. That was terrible. Don't do that again. What happens to our self-esteem? It goes down. And we feel less. And we want to hide. And we say, I'm not staying for coffee afterwards because I don't want any of those comments. Our value. Where do we really find it? After one sermon I preached years ago, I was walking up the outside aisle there going towards the back. One of the elders of the church said, I'll give you a C grade today for that. What does that do to me? That's where you tell where your real value is. Because if I went home and i still stuck in my head, shows you something. Is my value dependent on whether people like the message or don't like the message? You see, it's easy to say that I'm priceless. It's easy to say my value is in God think of the reality of your life. And when people say something good to you or something negative, then you know really, where is your value? The passage says, from him, our value must be determined by God. We're going to look at a couple of other scriptures. Matthew 6, verse 26, it says this, Look at the birds of the air, Jesus said. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet they your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? When you look at the beauty of creation, we were looking at that at Messy Church yesterday. And saying thank you to God for his creation. The amazing diversity of creation and God says, you know what? You're even more special than everything I've made. You're more special than them to me. Where is your value? Also in Psalm 139, I praise you, the psalmist says, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Do you look in the mirror in the morning and go, hey, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? Or do you look in the mirror and you go, oh, my goodness me. Look at these bags under my eyes. I've got more wrinkles than I had last week. My hair's falling out at a greater rate of knots than it was before. I don't even need a plug in the bath anymore. My hair just does the job for me. You know, do you, the Bible says, hey, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God says to you, you're beautiful. You are wonderfully made. God looks at you today and he says, you know what? I value you because I made you. And I made you even better than I made all the birds and the animals and the beauty of creation. I made you. Romans 8 says this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all? How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? You know what value really is? Value is how much somebody is willing to pay. Somebody was willing to pay $90,000 for JFK's rocking chair. Doesn't really matter whether it was a good chair or a bad chair. They didn't care about the quality of the wood or whether the joints were, you know, working or not. I don't know whether they will actually sit in it and pretend they are JFK or not. I don't know. But they deem that to be the value Somebody decided that that breakfast is worth a thousand pounds, and that's why they spend it to eat it. Personally, I'd rather just go for a quick, you know, bowl of cereal, save the money, because I don't think it's worth that. But other people obviously do. Otherwise, they wouldn't sell it. But what does God think you're worth? You know, the reality of communion of what we will do, is reminding us that God thinks you are worth the price of his son. God looks at you and he looks at me and he says, you are worth my son's life. That's how much you're worth. And we need to get that in our hearts and in our minds. Because when somebody says, you know what, I'll give you a C this morning. Don't you dare come out afterwards and say, that was an A. I'll ignore you. It shouldn't make a difference. What it should do is say, yeah, you may think it was a C or a B or an A. I don't really care because my value is in Jesus Christ. He thinks I'm worth dying for that's what he did. We are priceless. We are priceless, each one of us. And we're priceless not because what we do, not because of the size of our bank account, not because we eat a thousand pound breakfast or no breakfast at all. Not because we have status or no status in people's eyes. We're valuable because he says we are valuable, and he's willing to pay his son's life to prove your value. That's how valuable you are. When we eat the bread, when we drink the, from the cup later, every week we're reminding ourselves of how valuable we are, individually, That Jesus Christ would go to the cross, would go through all that pain and that anguish because he says, David, that's how valuable you are. Marion, that's how valuable. Wendy, that's how valuable. That's what it says to us every time we eat, every time we remember. But we're also valuable because it says he held together every supporting ligament. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. He says, "You're so valuable that I've got work for you to do. I've got a role for you to play." You remember in the school playground, you used to hate those moments where you all had to line up, two captains were picked, and you were standing there. How many of you loathed those times? Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're afraid you're going to be the last, one of the last two. There's always the same people that were picked first. Didn't you hate them? Horrible people. You know, same captains every time, and they picked all their friends, and you were left standing there, and the number was getting less and less and less. And then you got picked at the end. And then that was the greatest motivation to not even bother playing this stupid game that you didn't want to play in the first place. God says, you know what? I not only love you so much. I not only give you value because I die for you. That's how much I value you. But also, he says, I've given you gifts and abilities and I've given you a role. Our role is to be a supporting ligament. Now, how many of you have aches and pains? Come on, put your hands up. You're in church. Be honest. How many of you wake up in the morning and go, oh. more than that, two o'clock in the morning, you're like, oh. and you roll over. Shoulders giving me grief again. You know what happens when part of your body doesn't work properly, Right? just a small part shoulders a bit frozen can't do the things it should do can't bend it this way I can't do I'm a little teapot anymore that is gone out of my repertoire because I can't get the handle down because the shoulder won't come round right now it won't right that's as far as it goes you know when every little part doesn't work to perfection then the whole body suffers, right? The whole body suffers. Just because I can't do the teapot thing anymore. But I wake up at night because I'm lying on this arm and then it starts aching and then you have to roll over and you oh, my arm. You know what it's like. And God says, you know what? Each one of us, every single one of us is like a supporting ligament. We all have a role to play. Now, notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say held together by every supporting ligament as long as they're between the ages of 20 and 60. Outside of that, you're retired. Does it say that? Is there any retirement clause anywhere in the pages of Scripture? Did Abraham or Abraham and Sarai, were they able to say, excuse me, no baby, please, I'm retired from service if you wanted to give me a baby, it should have been years ago, God. I'm an old man. My wife's an old woman. No. Moses, Noah, old people. Did, it, did they say, sorry, but Noah, we can't do this. We're, we're claiming our pension. I have to go to the post office nearby. I can't, I can't do this now. God, you're too late. The Bible doesn't ever have a retirement clause, and it never has a clause that says you're too young either. Every single one of us has a role to play in the kingdom of God. Everyone. We're all like supporting ligaments. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 7, it says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Spirit gives gifts to every single one of us. The Spirit gives abilities. They may change over time. We can't always always do the same things. We understand that. But there is never a point in the kingdom of God where we cease to have a role. We always have a role. And I'm not talking about just doing things either. I'm not talking about church here. I'm not talking about filling rotas. I'm talking about a role in the kingdom of God. Whatever age, whatever situation we're in, however we find ourselves, there will be something that God is saying, I'm choosing you to do this thing. It can be in the church or outside of the church, but it's in the kingdom. It can be, I want you to be a, an intercessory prayer. You just pray for these things. Keep your ears open, and I'm asking you to be the person that, that fills this, this whole thing with prayer. Go and pray. It may be that I I want you to go do something about this in an active way. And not that prayer isn't, but you know what I mean. Like, I want you to actually go and get involved in this, get hands on in this. It may be something else. Whatever it is, there will be a role for you in the kingdom of God. Every single one of us has a role to play. And we need to ask God, say, Lord, what is my role right now that you want me to do? What is it? How, how do you want me to be a supporting ligament? I don't want to be the one that's giving the whole body of, of God's church a frozen shoulder because I'm not working properly. I don't want to be the one that, that, that is giving a pain in the leg because I'm not, I'm not supporting it properly. Show me what it is you want me to do. How you want me to do it. Because the Lord knows our physical limitations but he also knows how far we can move in the Spirit of God and what we can still, the role he wants us to play. He knows the gifts. They come from God. He gives them to us, and he flows through us. See, it says, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. That's us grows and builds itself up in love. How? As each part does its work. Each one of us, we're valued because God says, I will die for you. That's how much I value you. We're valued because he gives us a role. And each one has a role to play. And we're valued because as we use the gifts that he's given us, we give God the glory. Gifts that God gives, abilities that he gives to his children, they're not for our benefit. Ultimately, they're to give God the glory. When you use a gift, when, when you allow the spirit of God to flow through you in that gifting, that's really what you're doing. You're just being a channel of that gift, whatever it is. If you're praying into something because God gives you a gift of intercessory prayer, what are you doing? Well, you're connecting the Spirit of God with that situation and you're allowing God to flow through you. If you're speaking the, the truth from God's Word, what am I doing? Well, hopefully I'm allowing the Spirit of God to flow through me, through the gift that He's given me to impart you guys and people here today. It's nothing to do with me. I'm just trying to, Open myself to be that channel so that the Spirit of God can flow through us. Sometimes we go so wrong where we elevate individuals because of their gifting. We should never do that. You know, today, we, it's not about the gifting of the choir. It's about the gifting of the Holy Spirit flowing through the choir into our hearts. And who gets the glory? The choir? No. No. God. God gets the glory when God speaks into your heart, when God speaks into your life through the gifts of others. Who gets the glory, God? In John 15:8, this is the vine and the branches. He says this, "This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples." Who gets the glory when your gifts are used, when your abilities are used? The Father. Because it's him that, the, that grows those fruits within you. It's him that needs to have the glory, not us. How much are you worth? Well, God says you're worth dying for. For God so loved you and me that he came and he lived and he died. So that we might be reconnected to Him. That's how much we're worth. I want you to think about that for a moment for yourself. And I want you to remind yourself of this every time you hear something negative about yourself. When somebody says something to you, actually, also the opposite, when they praise you up and pride starts to rise. You also need it then. This is what true humility is, to recognize how much we're worth because of what Christ says. But also it goes on from that. I'm talking about building community over the next few weeks. And community starts with recognizing how much you're worth. If you don't feel like you're worth very much, you portray that onto others. When you recognize how much you are worth to God, then guess what? We recognize how much one another are worth too. Who is worth more to God, me or Margaret? The same. Exactly the same. Who is worth more to God, me or Tim? Tim the same we're all worth the same to god is there anyone here that jesus didn't die for no we're worth the same so if if margaret is worth in god's eyes enough for jesus christ to come down and die for her then how should i treat margaret I'm the pastor, you're just someone in the church? No. You're a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the one that Jesus came and died for. How dare I treat you with disrespect? How dare I treat you less than God would treat you? Less than God has treated you. You see why we have to value ourselves? If we don't value ourselves, then I'm going to start betraying that on other people. If I don't value myself, if I don't value what Jesus Christ has done for me, then why would I need to value Joan? It starts with recognizing what Jesus has done for you and me. And then when we recognize it, we recognize what he's done for each one of us and we treat one another with that same value, the same way that Jesus Christ treats us. That's the core of community in the kingdom of God. Recognize how much you're worth. From him, all things come. Recognize how much my brothers and sisters are worth. For God so loved the world, each one of us, that he gave his only son. That's how much you're worth. Greater love, 1 John, has no one than this than he laid down his life for a friend. And you are my friends if you do what I command. We recognize how much we're worth. We recognize how much each other are worth. And then we show value. We find ways to demonstrate that to one another. And allow others to demonstrate it to us. Find ways. Think of ways this week where you can demonstrate how much God values someone else. And allow them to do that to you. That requires humility to do that. You know that? Sometimes it's really easy to, to you know, I'm going to, Margaret, I'm going to take you out for dinner. I keep promising Margaret, one day I'm going to take you for dinner. I keep promising I'm going to take you for dinner. And it never happens, does it? No, it doesn't. Shh, shh. One day I will, I promise. you got witnesses here, right? I'm going to invite you for dinner. But sometimes it's easier to do that than for somebody, than Margaret to say, hey, let me take you out. No, no, you don't need to do that. You like that? No 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 don't worry about that no no i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine here have this no 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 i don't need that thanks very much why because we would rather show it to others than allow others to show it to us it needs to go both ways love your neighbor as you love yourself show value to others Humble yourself enough to allow them to show it to you too. Then we will see the kingdom of God truly in action. Mike's going to come and pray in a moment and lead us in intercession, but let's just be still for a moment. Can you just play something quietly, Phil, while we do that? I want you to think about truly how much you value yourself might not be the most handsome guy or the beautiful woman that you want to be may not have the status that you want or whatever but I want you to recognize how much Jesus Christ how much God loves you today how much he values you. He says, my son, my daughter I died for you. That's how much I value you. No amount of money could buy you. No, no earth, no, no stars, no nothing. The only thing I could do to show you how much you are valued is to die in your place. And let that truth sink deep within you. So when you get the knocks in life, when you get the disappointments in life, you say, hey, I know where I'm valued. I'm not valued by the temporary things. Money comes and goes. Status comes and goes. Beauty comes and goes. Everything comes and goes. Health comes and goes but my value in God remains the same. Thank you, God, for valuing me. Thank you, God, for giving me a role, a place where I belong, a place and gifting to be used. What can we offer God? We offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to him. In other words, we say, God, just use me. Flow through me as a channel. Flow through those gifts and abilities that I may be a ligament that is working so that the whole body can grow and be blessed by you. Lord, I thank you for each brother and sister in Christ here today. They are precious. Not because I say so but because you say so. Help us to value one another. Be valued and to give value for your glory. Amen.